Lance Armstrong, does everyone in here know who Lance Armstrong is? Lance Armstrong uh, has been one of the greatest and most controversial athletes in the last 15 years. In 2001, Lance Armstrong made an anti-doping commercial. Remember, he was accused of using steroids, performance-enhancing drugs to help him with his bicycling career. He made it for Nike, in which he strongly disavowed using illegal drugs. In the commercial, Armstrong states, this is my body. I can do whatever I want to it. No, we should have listened to that when he said that. I can push it, study it, tweak it, listen to it. Everybody wants to know what I'm on. You know what I'm on? I'm on my bike busting my tail six hours a day. What are you on? Five years later in 2006, under sworn testimony in court over a dispute over a $5 million bonus, Armstrong said he would not take steroids because he had too much to lose. The faith of all other cancer survivors around the world who looked him as a hero. Everything he'd done on his bike, uh, he had all that to lose if he was found guilty of using drugs to help him in his performance. And yet in 2012, October of 2012, last year, Armstrong was stripped of his seven Tour de France victories. That's the most prestigious uh, race uh, that a bicycler does, and he was permanently banned from any sport of bicycling where they drug test. In other words, if you can dope it up, he could be in it. If you can, he came. The person who led the, uh, the, the, the study against Armstrong said that his team ran the most sophisticated, professionalized, and successful doping program that the sport of cycling has ever seen. He said it was a doping program organized by Armstrong and his people who truly believed they were above the rules. Wow, 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 wow. You know, there's so many things in that story that you would like to know or like to chew on. But here's two things that are very relevant for us this morning. I wonder, over the 10 or 15-year period when all this was going on, was there ever anyone who had the courage to say, Lance, this is wrong. It's wrong what you're doing. It would have been hard to do. Lance Armstrong's a pretty strong personality. But sadly, I think that we can say that Lance may not have had the wisdom to have really listened to someone if they would have said that to him. This morning, I'm going to challenge you and me to two big things. One, to have the courage to speak truth to people and the wisdom to hear truth. And I want to tell you, these things are life-changing for you and for me. We're in 2 Samuel chapter 12, 2 Samuel 12. We've been in a series the last few weeks about where King David literally split his robe, I guess you would say, not his pants, got in a lot of trouble, made some huge mistakes, and next Sunday we're going to end it talking about his restoration. It's a great ending story, but, but I want us to look at these two things to this morning, and here's the first thing. Will you have the courage to speak truth to others? Whether you're here this morning and you're 10 or you're 15, or whether you're here and you're, you're 110 or 115, will you have the courage in your life to speak the truth to other people? Our story runs in chapter 12, verses 1 through 12. I'm going to read it. Read along in your Bibles, if you have a Bible, or on the screen if you don't have a, a Bible with you. It says, The Lord sent Nathan to David. When he came to him, he said, There were two men in a certain town. 
One was rich and the other poor. The rich man had a very large number of sheep and cattle, but the poor man had nothing except one little ewe lamb. He, it grew up with him and his children. It shared his food, drank from his cup, even slept in his arms. It was like a daughter to him. Now a traveler came to the rich man, but the rich man refrained from taking one of his own sheep or cattle to prepare a meal for the traveler who had come to him. Instead, he took the ewe lamb that belonged to the poor man, and he prepared it for the one who had come to him. Boy, verse 5, David burned with anger. And David said to Nathan, as surely as the, uh, as the Lord lives, this man deserves to die. He must pay for that lamb four times over because he did such a pitiful thing. Man, David's preaching at this point. David's hitting the, the throne or whatever, the pulpit. He's preaching. And then there was probably a silence for a few minutes. Verse 7, Nathan <coughs> clears his throat. Nathan said to David, hey, buddy, you're the man. This is what the Lord God of Israel says. I anointed you king over Israel. I delivered you from the hand of Saul. I gave your master's house to you and your master's wife into your arms. I gave you the house of Israel and Judah. And if all this had been too little, I would have given you more. Why did you despise the word of the Lord by doing what is evil in his eyes? You struck down Uriah the Hittite with a sword and took his wife to be your own. You killed him with the sword of the Ammonites. Now, therefore, the sword will never depart from your house because you have despised me and took the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be your own. This is what the Lord says. Out of your own household, I'm going to bring calamity upon you. Before your very eyes, I will take your wives and give them to one who is close to you. He will lie with your wives in broad daylight. Verse 12, you did this in secret, but I will do this in broad daylight before all of Israel. Wow. Nathan's a man of God. He's a prophet. He's also a friend of David's. David had, if you need a reminder, if you haven't been here, David looked out one day and he saw this beautiful woman who happened to be one of his good friend's wives. He saw her, and she's bathing. He goes, uh-huh, uh-huh, Bathsheba, bathing. And anyway, he had her brought to him. He has sex with her. She gets pregnant. Then he tries to cover it up because this is one of his good friend's wives. Tries to cover it up. The cover-up doesn't work. So he has his good friend murdered. And then after he has him murdered, then he takes his wife in to be his own. There had been whispers. There had been talk around town. There had been gossip. There had been blogging. But nobody said a word to David, and here comes Nathan to confront him. Folks, I want to challenge you this morning to have the courage to speak truth into the lives of people around you. Now, I want to give us, as we look at this, not really points to the sermon, but some boundaries because as we talked about this, we, our staff, we always talk about the sermons. And one fear was is that if I just said confront people with the truth, that every one of the ministers was going to get 50 phone calls this week about how bad they were. That may be truth. I don't know. But there does need to be some boundaries with this. So, so if you're taking notes, we're going to put these on some screen. the screen. If, if you need to speak truth to people. You say, well, I'm just 14. You need to speak truth to people. You say, I'm 104. You need to speak truth to people. But here's some boundaries. Number one, this is not just airing your feelings or opinions. You see, this is what we do most of the time. 
I'm just going to go let them have it. I'm going to go give them a piece of my mind. I'm going to tell them what I think. I'm going to let that coach or that teacher know, yada, 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 yada. That's not what this is about. Your opinions are worth what they cost. My opinions too. They're just that. They're just your opinions. Nathan wasn't going to David to go, David, I really don't like the robe selection you've been wearing lately. David, the army's not training. Well, I don't like the way the army's training. He had some clear, objective, black and white things that he was going to David to confront him with the truth and say, this is wrong. Listen, keep your opinions and your feelings uh, to your friends and to yourself. We're talking this morning about talking to people about things that either are clearly wrong or at least they appear that way before you dive into it, okay? Here's the second thing. If you don't have a relationship with that person, proceed with caution. Nathan and David were friends. They were buddies. Now, this is not saying that you should not ever speak truth to someone that you don't know well, but you have to be careful. You see, friendships and relationships allow you the opportunity to give and take more. When you don't know someone well or they don't know you well, you need to be careful about how you confront them with truth. You need to be careful. That not saying that you shouldn't, but there's a difference in my wife telling me something this afternoon and someone I've met one time telling me the same thing, especially if it's a really hard truth. Am I correct on that? Absolutely, that's correct. That's, that's correct. Here's the third thing. If it's someone with an authority over you, proceed with real caution. Nathan is going to someone who can have his head removed. Nathan didn't strut in to where the king was. Hey, kingy boy, heard you've been sleeping with your eyes wife. Let's talk about it. Let's throw it on the table. He went in there with respect for his authority. Now, listen to me. We, I don't know, my parents said it started in the 60s. But, but there is a, a respect problem in our world today. And I want to tell you, that's not of God. If you don't respect your teachers and your coaches, you don't respect your parents, and, and listen, your parents are 80 and you're 60, you, you don't have to obey them unless you live in their house, but you honor them. If, if you don't respect even your ministers or the policemen or the mayors, folks, that's not their problem. That's your problem primarily. Now, I know there's people in all those groups who aren't manifesting a lot of characteristics that you say, well, I should respect them. You, you respect position. It doesn't mean you don't ever confront someone in a position of authority because it's exactly what was happening here, but you proceed you proceed with caution and respect. Here's the fourth thing. You do it in love. This is going to lose some of us right here. 1 Corinthians 16, 14 says, do what? Do everything in love. Now, hear me, because I'm, I'm going to preach to you for just a second. If you can't confront people and be nice, zip your pie hole. <laughs> or cupcake hole or whatever it is for you. Ice cream hole for me. If you, well, I just, that's not my personality. Then you need to get saved this morning. Being mean is not a personality flaw. It's a spiritual flaw. And you can be very upset at what someone's doing, but you need to love them. 
And if you can't speak the truth in love, get someone who is more mature than you to go do it, okay? Do it in love. Very, very, very important. Guarantee that's how Nathan approached King David. Here's the fifth thing. With much prayer and wisdom, you're going to go speak truth to somebody. Even if it, you're a parent and it's your child, you, you, need to, you need to do this wisely. If it's your boss, you need to do it double wisely. If it's your wife, men, you need to do it triple wisely. Nathan goes to David and he tells him a story. Isn't it interesting? He didn't tell him a story about race cars because there were going to be race cars for about 3,000 years. He didn't tell him a story. He didn't, he, he didn't tell him a story about banking. There was banking then. He told him a story about sheep. You know what David did before he was a king? He was a shepherd. David loved sheep. There's no doubt David had raised sheep and little lambs and cared for them just like this guy did. David knew the law well. Isn't it interesting? David said that man deserves to die for what he did. Now, that's not, that wasn't the penalty for taking a, a livestock, but it was the, the penalty for kidnapping and murder. And David may have thought, man, that, this lamb was part of the family. That guy committed a crime he should die for. But you know, David said he needs to pay him back fourfold. That was the, crime, the, the, the penalty. Wayne steals four of my cows, or one of my cows. He owes me four back. That was the law of the land. Nathan came to David in wisdom. He approached him in terms he understood. He approached him in ways that he would understand. Listen, I want to tell you, when you're going to... Uh, Speak truth to somebody. You can be an angry hothead and, and probably cause you and them a lot more trouble than, than they had to begin with, or you can do it with wisdom and prayer. Now, be very careful of doing this. Be very careful of going to somebody and go, God told me to come to you. God sent me to you. You know why? Because that is blasphemy if he didn't. You are taking God's name in vain if God didn't tell you to do that. In the Old Testament, if I go to Greg Phillips and I say, God told me for you to give me free insurance, and God didn't tell me that, they take me behind the state farm place and kill me. That was a death penalty crime. And Greg's praying that I was wrong on that. I, I have heard the weirdest things couched in, God told me. Because you see, you can't argue with that. God told me. I prayed about it. Well, first of all, don't be bullied by that in your life. Secondly, don't you misuse that with other people. I, I had a, a, a man in one of my churches, a previous church, and, and he, bless his little heart, he was a mean little guy. And he came and about three or four times over the course of five years to let me know how bad I was. He probably came to bawl me out more than he actually came to church. It's hard for me to say he was a church member, but he was on the roll. And he would always start out with something like this. Well, 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 I prayed about this before I came. And, and you know, if, if, if that was today and I'm a little bit older, I'd probably say, look, don't bring God in this. I Man, you come to church once a year. God ain't hearing your prayers. Don't bring God into this. So I'm telling you, don't try to cheap shot or intimidate people, but you go to people in prayer and wisdom. Don't cheap shot. Don't use it as a hammer, but go to them in prayer and wisdom. Very, very important. Here's just another thing. With a humble and gentle spirit. Now, this goes with love. 
But folks, listen, when you go into somebody and you're going to beat them down and you're cocky and, and you're arrogant, they're not going to listen to you. And why should they? Listen to Ephesians 4.2. Be completely humble and gentle. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Obviously, there were some problems there. And he said, you need to be very humble. You need to be very patient, be very loving in your dealing with other people. Okay? Here's, a, here's another thing. Come with real openness. Real, come with real openness. What do I mean by that? You may be wrong. Let's do a little experiment. This will be fun. Pat yourself on the chest and repeat after me. Come on. I might be wrong. Some of you have never said that in your life. Let's do it again. I might be wrong. This is no, this no kidding. In the first service, I looked, and there's a guy who was patting his wife on the chest. Okay, I'm going to throw Wayne under the bus with this illustration. Okay, let's say, let's say Brandon is driving to get a, uh, I don't know, Big Mac or whatever. And he sees Wayne coming out of a hotel with a woman. And it's not Wayne's wife or his two daughters. How many of you think that's a problem, potentially? Wayne's a minister, it's a problem. So Brandon needs to go, he needs to get on Facebook and report it, doesn't he? <laughs> I'm not going to name names, but a tall music guy from First Baptist was walking out of a hotel with a woman, and it wasn't his wife. No, what Brandon needs to do is he needs to go talk to Wayne, doesn't he? Not to me, not to Stacy. Not to you. He needs to go talk to Wayne. And he needs to go not with, I saw you. You were coming out of that hotel room. We're going to fire you, and I'm going to get part of your paychecks. going to go to me. Hasta la vista, baby. <laughs> but that's how we do it, isn't it? Isn't it? We go in there, I mean, we're going, because we know we, God and us, have the truth. So Brandon sits down, and he goes, Wayne, I hope this is terribly off base. But you and some woman were walking out of a hotel room. Hopefully what happens is Wayne laughs. And he says, she's one of seven. No, he doesn't say that. (laughs) Wayne says, Brandon, my sister was in town. I was taking her back. He gets on the phone. He says, let's talk to Stacy right now. That's the way you handle it. Okay? And Stacy laughs and she says, yes, that's Wayne's sister. Everything's great. See, Brandon could be wrong, couldn't he? I mean, everything could look factually just like that person needs to be hanged from the highest tree, but we never know all the facts, so we go openly to talk to people. Now, Proverbs 18.2, if you've never memorized a verse, you need to memorize this. Read this aloud with me. A, read it. A fool finds no pleasure in understanding, but delights in airing his own opinions. Now, folks... Jesus said, never call someone a fool. A fool literally means someone is a senseless, godless person. You need to write that down. A fool is a senseless, godless person. And Jesus says, call no one a fool. But here the Bible says, a person is a fool. And listen, there there are a lot of people that are like this. They want to tell you how it is. They want to get in your stuff. 
They want to stand up and speak up, and then they don't want to hear a word you have to say. You don't have to listen to that person. And God himself says a person like that is a fool. You confront people with an open spirit. Here's the last boundary. You're confronting them with healing in mind. With healing in mind. In other words, Nathan went to David not to say, beat down, gotcha, bing, you're in trouble. Listen to all the bad stuff's going to happen to you and your family. He went to David saying, my goodness, my goal is, is that he will repent and get this right with God. See, your goal is a win for everybody. It's for, it's for hopefully that you're wrong and so everything's fine. But even if it, you're not, it, it, you're hoping they're going to repent, they're going to make it right, God will be pleased, you'll be pleased, they'll be pleased. Okay, now with all that in mind, here's the challenge. Speak truth to people. Don't Facebook them. Don't blog them. Don't anonymous letter. Folks, we decided when I first got here almost 11 years ago, if we got a card that was not signed, we throw it away. We never read it. If we get a, a letter that's not signed, we don't read it. Why? Because sometimes that's probably a good letter or a good prayer request, but but that's not how you do life. Now, I know if someone's in California today and you need to speak truth to them, you may have to call them. I understand that, but you don't speak truth by, by anonymously writing something. The best thing is face-to-face. And listen, what God's saying here, have these boundaries and don't be a bully, but man, speak truth to people. People need it. Years ago, a, a friend of mine, I, I knew their family, and, and I was concerned about a family member of theirs I didn't know well, an older man. And I asked this, this person, I said, is this, is this man a Christian? You've known them for 50 years. And they looked and they go, oh, I have no idea. That's not good. And I said, will you talk to them about this? And this wonderful lady looked back at me and she goes, oh, I would never, never ask them about that. Folks, you, you have friends that are, are lost. Without Jesus Christ, a person is lost is what the Bible says. The Bible says without Christ, you're going to hell. Speak truth into their life. Love them enough to say you need Jesus as your Savior. Years ago in another place, there was a a family situation. And and I knew this family well, and there were some real problems. And I didn't get involved. I don't know if I was just being timid, if I thought it's not my business, but the situation later on blew up, and it was ugly, and, and they, they asked, why didn't I say something? And I just wanted to, I mean, it just was terrible. I completely dropped the ball because I did not have the courage to go sit down and say, look, this is a disaster. What are you going to do about it? I don't know if it would have changed anything, but it would have certainly been me living out my responsibility you have, a, you have on your bulletin here a little, a little checklist on the back, on the sermon notes, I will have the courage to speak the truth. Check that. Check that if you mean that and if you'll do that. I will have the courage to speak the truth. Speak them within those boundaries, but do it. 
Now, here's the second part of this, and this isn't near as fun. Will we have the wisdom to hear the truth? Will you, will I have the wisdom to listen to the truth? You see, now, I know... Not everybody, but some people here get fired up when they think the preacher's giving them a right to go get in someone's grill. (laughs) It's not near as fun to say, I'm going to be open to someone addressing my problems. Look in verse 13. David said to Nathan, I have sinned. Man, Nathan dumps all this on him. It's death penalty crimes. Adultery and murder are death penalty crimes. And Nathan dumps all this on David, and he says, you are the guy. And here's what David says, I did it. I hear you, bud. And you're right. It's me. It's me. New York Times had an article last November about listening and hearing. And, and, and the, the article said, in our digital age, our ability to hear one another is growing worse by the hour. That is so true. You're having a conversation with somebody and they're doing what? Uh-huh, yeah, uh-huh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you see 10 people in a room sitting together in a room, 10, 10 human beings in a room, and they're doing what? Facebook, email, tweeting, texting each other in the same room, which is really an odd thing to me. Man, your ability to listen is so huge. I want to ask you today, will you listen to the truth. Now, I want to give you some, I want to give you a couple parameters with this. If I'm going to listen to the truth, I need some boundaries for this, and so do you. Here's the first one. Some people you don't need to listen to. Now, that sounds contradictory. I'm telling you to listen to people, but listen, some people, and I'm not saying this in any kind of a uh, funny or sarcastic way, some people are crazy. Some of you just laughed and snickered. You have dealt with those people. Some people are just mean. I mean, that's the truth. Some people, this is bad, some people are evil. I, I mean, really, they, they are. So you love those people, you care about those people, but you have boundaries, and you say, I'm going to love a mean and evil person, but I'm not going to let them dump their garbage on me, okay? Here's, here's the second thing. Set clear ground rules up front. Clear ground rules up front. If someone's going to come to you and they're going to want to speak truth to you or talk to you about a hard thing, you be willing to listen. But it's okay to say, let's have some ground rules. Okay, this true story. Back when I was in graduate school, I had a friend. He was, he was dating this girl. And they were getting real serious. They were thinking about getting married. And he said, we got a problem. He said, it's our communication. I said, well, that's a problem. He said, when... when I try to talk to her about something that's bothering me with her. He said she pouts. He said she'll tear up. None of y'all ever do this, do you? Okay. He said we'll be eating and she'll, and she'll just put her fork down and push her food away and just look at it. I said, what do you do? He goes, sometimes I'll reach over and get a French fry or something. That's not good. But. And he said, you know, she'll say, I can't believe that you're you know, wanting to confront me and all. But he said, you know, it's interesting. When she wants to confront me, it's way different. I said, well, tell me about it. He said, well, she will almost assume a preacher's role. 
<laughs> and she'll start talking to me, and if I start kind of trying to paint a picture, she'll say, nope, we're going to stick right to this subject here. And he'll say, okay, now, when we're finished, can we talk about some things that bother me that you're doing? She said, nope, not today. Not today or tomorrow. Today and tomorrow is just my day to talk to you. He said, what do I need to do? I said, break up with her. I had an older gentleman tell me after the first service, he goes, boy, you gave that, that guy good advice. It'll just get worse. It'll just get worse. That's true. <laughs> hey, if somebody, listen, a lot of times when people come to confront you with truth, they come in a preaching mode, don't they? Okay? Tell them to back off. This in the sermon. You pay for that on Sunday mornings. What you tell them is you say, look, I will hear you. I will hear you. But you've got to listen to my responses too. Okay? And when we're finished talking about what's bothering you about me, I want to be able to speak to you about what's bothering me too. Have some ground rules. Okay? Have some ground rules. That's important on that. A third thing here is know what to spit out and what to chew on. Now, that's an old country saying. But you're going to hear stuff from people. Some of it's good. Some of it's not so good. Dumb people just shut their ears and won't hear anything. Gullible people will just take it all in and be brutalized by it. You've you got to sort out, maybe with the help of someone else, what, what you need to chew on, what you need to spit out, what you need to get rid of. But, but here's the last thing, and that's this. Be willing to listen to the truth. Be willing to listen David said to Nathan, it's me, I've sinned. David, listen, David was a man after God's own heart, not because he was perfect, but because he would repent, he would own it, because he would listen to other people. Let's look at Proverbs 18, 2 again. A fool, a senseless, godless person finds no pleasure in listening to others. They just want to air their opinions. Don't be a fool. Open your heart and be willing to hear what other people have to say. You know, I, I've heard this for years, and I think it's true. One of the greatest ways you show love to someone is by listening to them, actively listening. But did you know that to really listen to other people is a way you love yourself? Because they may have something to say that you really, really, really need to hear. All you probably know who Billy Graham is. He's still alive. He's, he's way up there now. He's a great preacher for years. One of his sons, Franklin Graham, is kind of taking over his ministry. He's kind of in the leadership role now. Franklin, for years, was a very wild child. And, and Franklin, in fact, was not a Christian, even in college. He came home for, uh, on a break from college, and after supper, Billy called him to his room, and he said, Franklin, I want to tell you, so I want to speak to you some hard truths. You're not a Christian. You're headed down a bad road. Franklin, if you continue, you're going to waste your life, and someday you're going to die, and you're going to spend eternity in hell separated from God. Franklin, you need to make a choice for Jesus, and you need to do it soon. That night, Franklin Graham said he was mad, but he went to his room, and he said, I listened to what my dad said. And that very night, I got on my knees and I gave my life to Jesus. And his life's never been the same because one was willing to speak it and the other one was willing to hear it. You have another little blank on your, your bulletin that says, 
I will have the wisdom to listen to the truth. I wish you would check that if it's true. I wish you'd take those little bulletin home, those little things home and keep them and remind yourself of them frequently. Let's pray. If, if you're a Christian, man, God, I think, has rang our bell on what we need to do. Speaking, listening. If you're not a Christian this morning, you need to give your life to Christ today. That's the truth you need to hear. Will you pray with me where you are and just say, Jesus, I'm a sinner. I missed the mark with you. And I want to turn from my sins. Jesus, I accept that you're God's son, that you died and arose for me. And, and Jesus, today, I give you my life. I ask you to come into my heart and save me. Let me have your attention. Just a second, we're going to stand. Maybe you just asked Christ into your heart where you were seated. Or maybe you're ready to do that. Would you come in a moment? Would you come and, and let one of our ministers help you? Don't leave here today without Christ in your heart. Maybe you'd like to join the church this morning. We would love for you to do that. And one way you can do that is when we stand, you come. Ministers will be down here. We'll help you do that today. Christian, maybe where you're standing or at the altar or praying with a minister, you need to get the courage up to do what you need to do. Maybe even this week and speak truth to someone. Christian, make that commitment. All of us need to make the commitment that we'll be wise enough to listen. Let's stand. As God leads you, we'll be waiting on you. Respond to him this morning.